Hello and welcome to Runway Girl Network in Conversation, a deep dive into aviation and the passenger experience. I'm RGN Deputy Editor John Walton, and today I'm in conversation with Recaro Aircraft Seating Chief Executive Officer Mark Heller to talk about everything in the world of seats. But first, thanks to our sponsor. In Conversation is brought to you by Bolteron, a Simona company, purveyor of high-performance thermoplastics for tomorrow's aircraft interiors. With new and groundbreaking innovations in design capabilities, Boltron offers airlines the ability to customise the cabin with lightweight materials with metallic effects, translucent decorative panels with unique embedded patterns, dynamic textures, vibrant pearlescence, and much more. Learn more at boltaron.com. Ricaro had me up to their headquarters in Schwäbisch Hall near Stuttgart, which is slated to undergo rapid expansion to talk all things passenger experience. Full disclosure, I paid for my transportation and they took care of the accommodation. I spoke with Mark inside Ricaro's spacious display hall, which explains why the audio is a little fuzzy at times, to understand more about one of the most dynamic seat makers in the industry. First of all, thank you very much for coming over uh, and to spend some time with us. You are here in our, we call it customer center. Mm -hmm. And what you can see here are our new products, but also our somehow museum. And you can see the tradition and the history and also for sure some of the older seats, which are 30 or 40 years old. And uh, if you look at the seats, especially the economic class seats, um, if you look at the structure, you will, first of all, not see a major difference to the seats you see nowadays. Uh, because you still have two beams, you have the seat legs, the seat spreaders, the backrest. For sure materials have changed, but also especially, uh, I would say, the, the, the structure and the rigidity of the seat has changed. So now we can withstand 16G, uh, HIC, NIJ. In the past it was just 9G. Huh? This was mm -hmm. one major, major change. And looking also into the seats, the seat weight uh, at this time for the structure was maybe pretty similar to the seat weight what we have nowadays but with a much higher strength. Mm -hmm. yeah. For sure looking at the colors uh, you <laughs> see definitely that the seats are uh, many years old yeah. and uh, also looking at the space which was taken up by the seat which was much more uh, with all the foams and uh, at this time first of all you created a backrest out of metal and then you have put a lot of foam on it to make it comfortable. Uh, nowadays we just use a metal or carbon fiber frame, put some netting on it and a little bit of foam and we have even a better comfort by a much better living space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that really strikes me with those, those first seats that you, you created is that the backrest is just flat, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's, we see seats today, we see modern seats and, and obviously at Runway Network we see a lot of modern seats with the new sculpted backrests mm -hmm. uh, made out of carbon fiber and advanced thermoplastics. This is just a, a, a few sheets of metal squished together and, and as you say you just stick a, a delightfully mustard colored <laughs> uh, bit of foam and fabric on the front. Yeah. Um, but it's amazing to look at, at some of the pictures and see how just how much we've advanced. Um, and, and not just in terms of, well, there's nothing on the back of those seats, there's no video screens, um, you know, there's just a, a seat back and a tray table. But um, ashtrays. <laughs> well, ashtrays in the armrest, right? Oh, I, I, don't, I don't miss those days. I don't miss those days at all. Um, but, you know, then we look across the showroom to, to, to your latest, you know, um, latest economy class seats, and you've got the option for the, um, that sort of, the, the bar of graves, a multifunction bridge, I think it is, you might mm -hmm. call it. Yes. Um, the one, you know, you can put on an NFC reader, you can put power, you can put USB sockets, 
what else can go in there? Little hooks, all, all kinds of things. You can also add storages uh, mm -hmm. for, for glasses or a pen or whatever. So it's, it's really multifunctional bridge. And we have designed it in a way that on one side we can uh, achieve uh, the HIC and NIJ testing mm -hmm. and on the other side to create exactly what the airline and the passenger wants to have in terms of customization. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now one of the other things that's catching my eye here is the those old delightfully orange Lufthansa convertible seats from the short haul fleet. Mm -hmm. um, the ones where you could winch the armrests across to create uh, slightly wider seats in a business class layout or um, winch them back to create equally sized seats in, in economy. Um, Obviously, the premium economy space is huge at the moment. Um, you guys are working on a lot of uh, really interesting recliners um, mm. with, with advanced features. Are we going to see more of this um, sort of convertible economy seats in the future? Is that something that's also...? I would uh, definitely guess so. Huh? So uh, what you can see there, the seat is already a couple of decades old. And uh, flexibility in the cabin was also a requirement in the, in the past. Uh, but it will come even more. Huh? If you look into uh, the planes nowadays, you don't have just economy and business class, maybe you have economy plus, you have premium economy, business class, maybe first. And so it's really how to create the best flexibility. Also the aircraft are more flexible. You can go long range now with a single aisle aircraft. So we need to work more on the flexibility of the whole cabin. And uh, what we have done there with the convertible seat was one way, but for sure it was it came with lots of weight and with also complexity. And uh, last year at the IX we have also shown the flex cabin together with Airbus, where you can uh, convert mm -hmm. uh, the cabin in a very easy way with just a little bit of additional weight. But this is something what needs to be worked out more and also created concepts together with airlines how to market and how to sell such a concept. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What was the response to those convertible seats at last year's AIX? Because those ones, for, for, for listeners who might not remember, um, there's, a, there's a way to move, to adjust the pitch uh, pretty dynamically. Um, what, what, what did airlines and, uh, in particular think of those? Uh, first of all, the feedback was great uh, that uh, we are taking on the challenge of flexibility in the cabin. The demands, the different requirements from the airlines, they were completely different, I would say. Some of the airlines said it would be good to have it for a business class seat on a single aisle aircraft. Some of them said it would be good to have it in the economy class. Um, there were also lots of questions how to handle it, huh? because in the past the hardware was not flexible enough. Now, with the concept we have shown, the hardware is very flexible. We can, you can change it over in maybe 60 seconds. But how to change it in your booking system, how to market it, these are questions which need to be worked out individually with all the airlines. And that's, that's another task which needs to be fulfilled. Huh? When would be the right timing for the airline to either sell less seats with more pitch or more seats with less pitch? Huh? Mm -hmm. um, this is something which is not... not uh, I, I would say there is no universal answer. This needs to be worked out for every airline. And uh, so the hardware is there, but really the, the software, how to market it, how to sell it, this is one of the, of the key tasks which remains. Yeah, and one of the things I'm finding really interesting at the moment is, um, obviously, Recaro as such is, not, is, is a brand that, that air travelers will know, but is not one that they can choose to, to purchase, as it were, right? I mean. Um, perhaps listeners of In Conversation might know that EasyJet has mm -hmm. Recaro seats, for example. 
Um, but I think a lot of passengers won't. Um, how do you, as a company, approach that sort of B2B to C mm-hmm. relationship, mm-hmm. as it were, mm-hmm. with both your airline customers, who are the ones making all the decisions, mm-hmm. but also their passengers who can help to, to drive airlines towards, um, towards making choices that are perhaps the passenger experience that those, that those airline passengers want? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good question. Yeah. Um, first of all, we think and hope this uh, is seen without uh, being arrogant. We, we are more or less the only seat manufacturer with a brand name uh, because normally we are doing also surveys about brand names for seat manufacturers either passengers or consumers they don't know a brand or if they know a brand they know the Recaro brand but there's more or less no other brand uh, which is which is really known uh, with uh, significant numbers so therefore we want to also really uh, give a benefit to the airline uh, to use our brand name we, we have more than 50% of our seats are branded. For sure, we are do, uh, doing a joint marketing campaigns together with airlines. But nevertheless, we also want to use more the experience and the demand of the passengers in terms of product developments using the input and helping then the airline to create even a better, better product. Um, besides that, for sure, um, they are the first, I would say, platforms where you can see which planes are on the seat, uh, how does it look like. There are also airlines which are using in the meantime 3D tools where you can see the cabin exactly your seat and for sure this would go together with an idea that you could also see uh, there's a recaro seat inside, what type of features you have and so on. So I think it's a long way to go uh, mm-hmm. to really reach to the um, airline or uh, to, the, to the passenger um, but uh, with also the brand perception, what we are having in terms of uh, comfort, in terms of safety and innovation, this could also definitely help the airline to really use it more. Mm-hmm. So you said that 50% of your seats are branded. What, what does that involve? Is that the, what we've all seen, the little latch for the tray table? It's a latch, it's the end bay. Sometimes it can be also the, the dress cover. Mm-hmm. So different areas which are, which are branded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what's that? Uh, process like in terms of negotiating with the airlines? Do they, um, are, th- are they happy to have that co-branded as a general rule? Are there any trends there in terms of which airlines are and which airlines aren't? Uh, I would say it's pretty much depending on their marketing strategy and for sure it changes from, from, from time to time but there are airlines who are really insisting on the branding to have the branding. Uh, there are airlines who accept it mm-hmm. um, and for sure, there are also markets where maybe the Recaro brand is not so much known. So they, they try it out. What, what is the perception? And for sure, there are also other airlines who insist that there's just one brand visible in the, in the whole cabin, which is their own brand. Mm-hmm. And uh, so therefore, there are difficulties in understanding of a co-branding. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, does it cost them anything to co-brand with you or do they get a discount? Uh, normally, it's part of the deal. Huh? Mm-hmm part of the of the overall deal and then for sure depending on the marketing campaigns which we are maybe launching together mm-hmm. yeah, interesting stuff so right now we're sitting in some very comfortable premium economy mm-hmm. short haul uh, sorry premium economy long haul business class short haul seats mm-hmm. um, what's going on in that part of the of the aircraft for, for Ricaro what are the what are the new trends that you're seeing airlines really wanting in that 
um, increasing space. You know, as you say, there's there's lots more narrow bodies flying longer distances. Mm-hmm. Um, what's what's going on in that in that part of the market? Okay, okay. Um, what what we see in the in the market first of all that with the larger possibilities of single aisle or flexibility of single aisle aircraft, um, that there are more and more subfleets. Uh, airlines ordering larger batches of single aisle aircraft but then for sure they divide it into different subfleets uh, there's more and more but still a niche market what we can see that there are single aisle aircraft with uh, life flat seats um, then there are the two class maybe uh, layouts and uh, there are also the the mono class mono class layouts um, but this also uh, goes to an area where maybe even if it's a full economy class layout that there is also a change between having a seat which is pre-reclined and having a reclined seat in the front so more and more differentiation uh, within the different different fleets mm-hmm. this is what we in general what we see uh, regarding the products i think uh, in the meantime connectivity uh, is more or less a given so but not so much the integrated um, ife at least for economy class uh, so we we take care of uh, bring your own device support in terms of pockets, in terms of bring your own device holder, uh, in terms of uh, power supply, in terms of uh, comfort space. Uh, it's more and more uh, important uh, to reduce the space of the seat as good as possible, mm-hmm. uh, but to keep it very very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Okay, and th- but in the in the towards the front of the aircraft. Um, we've we're seeing a lot of mm-hmm. you know, still a lot of recliners. Are you seeing that airlines are wanting to push that space anymore? Um, I'm thinking that you know you're looking at um, the, there is a there's a market gap, um, particularly whether you, on a short haul. Uh, I'm sorry, on a narrow body aircraft, you're either in a sort of recliner with 38 inches of pitch, pretty much, or you're in a flatbed. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. not a lot in the middle anymore. Um, you know, Ricard, of course, used to make the, mm. um, the, the sloping angled flat seat yeah, that, that uh, everyone's familiar with from the Lufthansa, <laughs> uh, Lufthansa products way back, way back when. That's about five years ago. <laughs> you know, it was about three ages in, in economy, uh, in, in uh, aircraft interiors terms. What are we looking at in, in that sort of, as it were, the, 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 the gap in passenger experience between your flatbed and your, uh, and your recliner? Mm-hmm. It's right. There, there, there's a there's a gap between a recliner and a flatbed. But what what you can do there is to somehow put in, if if I would say the complexity is okay, to have an, an additional class to put in a, a cradle seat, uh, mm-hmm. like like the seat here, for example, mm-hmm. which gives you even more comfort, which also supports you very good for resting, sleeping, but for sure. Uh, the demand for space is not as high as for uh, a live flat seat. Mm-hmm. Um, we see we see the differences in the market for sure. In, in Europe, you don't see it. Uh, you don't even see the live flat. Uh, you see it in US, and uh, you will see it in in Asia. Uh, maybe maybe in the in the Middle East. Uh, it's also pretty much depending on the market. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I was at Farnborough in uh, in July, and obviously there are there are some interesting niche orders there. Um, Kuwait's Watania Airways, for example, taking the uh, Embraer staggered seat mm-hmm, on their mm-hmm. on their E192s, yep. which are very interesting in terms of the well, that's really a product that they want to offer 
um, you know, that extra privacy, that extra space. But they also bought A320s, well, A3 Neos. Um, and you, know, you sort of start thinking, well, actually, you're not going to be flying that far out of Kuwait there. But you have a, a market that is very experience sensitive mm. um, and that is very social, uh, very vocal too, and increasingly mobile. You know, interconnectivity within the Middle East is huge. What do you start to see in terms of the uh, serving that premium market within, of course, the constraints of airline economics? Is it around adding privacy options to this sort of recliner seat? Is it around figuring out some way to stagger it so that you change the, um, the sort of feeling of personal space? What, 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 what's going on from, from, from that end of the, of the market? Mm. From my point of view, uh, privacy is a, is, a, is a key topic, huh? and to, to further increase uh, privacy without without adding adding a lot uh, or the, the increasing the footprint of the seat, and uh, so privacy in in several terms. Huh? One for sure is in terms of having no direct view. Secondly, uh, second, it will be also about uh, having, for example, noise cancellation. Huh? Uh, even on a, on a plane where you could be on a phone, for example, so that your neighbor will not be disturbed by it. Uh, so privacy, from my point of view, and also individualization uh, in terms of having your own, for example, climate zone. Um, I think this, these are things which will come more and more. Huh? Even if the space somehow and the economics for sure limit the space, uh, but that you can privatize or individualize uh, your space. Mm-hmm. And What's driving the require for individualization? Is it the fact that we can customize so much of our, um, I guess, our consumer electronics and our consumer experience um, that we expect to do that in the plane now? Um, is it that, you know, you see your Emirates, your new Emirates suite and you can change the, the lighting colors and so there's going to be some natural uh, sort of trickle-down Pax X from that? Mm-hmm. I guess it's coming from several directions. Huh? One is really regarding possibilities which are offered by technology and which are either you know from your car, your phone, whatever, which is somehow, first of all, a standard car, standard phone, but which allows you with all uh, the uh, possibilities to exactly adapt it to your needs. So people also want to have it on the plane. Then I think there is still the interest if you bought on a plane that you have your private zone, maybe that it's more quiet and that you have really the time uh, for yourself. And uh, I think this comes comes really together. And uh, especially in nowadays, in the very hectic times, people enjoy traveling on the plane and uh, where they can really uh, use use the, 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 the silence more or less and, and use the time and being not disturbed maybe by the surrounding and by many other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, speaking of not being served by surroundings, uh, here you also have your uh, long-haul seat, the mm. CL6710, if I've mm-hmm. got my numbers correct. Um, and I see that the, the model here has a door on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you guys were showing that for the first time in, uh, in Hamburg this spring. Uh, what was the response to, to the, uh, the new, both the new door and the new, uh, I guess, the, the new dress on the seat mm-hmm. around the, 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 the new look and feel? Mm-hmm. So uh, the response was was very positive, and uh, 
regarding uh, the design. What we have shown is more or less just to show what is possible, but uh, there, are, there, there are many possibilities and uh, so customization is key. Uh, so therefore it was uh, for many customers good to see what, what can be done, for example. Uh, on the other hand, uh, doors, I would assume in the, in the future it will be also somehow a standard. Huh? I'm, I'm not talking about if a full height door or maybe limited or maybe just some seats have a door, uh, but uh, going forward I guess this will be really more, more or less a standard. Huh? And for sure there are also customers asking for the possibility to deliver seats and where you maybe later on, if you figure out it's helpful or needed, if you could add some doors later on via modification project. Huh? Mm-hmm. Huh? And what would that involve, that kind of modification? Would that need that you need to recertify the seat, um, go through an upgrade process? What, what, what's that, what does that involve and how do you prepare for it mm-hmm. now? How do you prepare for that sort of full seat life cycle? Okay, if it's if it's known in advance and it's not not really a big deal and it can be done via uh, a normal modification project, then you can also make it part of the certification. Um, otherwise, if it's later on, then maybe you need to somehow reopen and redo the certification. So therefore, to to have it as an option from the beginning on and make it part of of the whole certification program uh, makes it much easier to edit then on later. Yeah, and you've seen that airlines are coming to you asking for that kind of thing. At least there are discussions ongoing huh, for mm-hmm. it to have really the flexibility because right now uh, in the marketplace uh, some of the customers are not sure uh, if it will come or not but for sure they want to have the option that later on if it's needed they could add it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I'm interested that you're talking about perhaps not full doors um, because obviously um, you know, a full door creates a lot of weight, mm-hmm. um, needs to be certified. Mm-hmm. More weight in the cabin is, is bad, not just for fuel, but in terms of having to maintain it and everything. What are some of the options that, that you're thinking about in terms of um, small changes, perhaps not, not full door level of, uh, of, of product changes, that will add privacy and add that same sort of sense um, of, uh, of, I guess, that, that personal space, that... that, that individualized space mm-hmm. that, that you know, I think we all see a lot of airlines are looking for. No, not talking about the technical solution, but uh, there are different, I would say, uh, demands or requests from customer. One, one request is really to have full privacy uh, in whatever seat position, uh, if it's life flat, if it's upright, whatever. And there are also customers who just want to have privacy when you are in bed position. Uh, so that uh, when you're in bed position that you cannot be seen from the next seat across the aisle. And for sure this would somehow limit maybe the height of the door and uh, so also the, the weight and the, the complexity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now looking slightly further at the customization side of things, um, obviously your new basic line seats have these zones of customizability. Mm-hmm. Um, where did that idea come from and what, what does that give airlines that they didn't have before? Mm-hmm. First of all, it it doesn't mean that in other areas you cannot do it, but for sure in the areas where we have defined it, it's more or less, um, we have developed for it. So this helps to really bring down costs, this helps to bring down lead times, and for sure in the end also to bring down risk, uh, to not enter into a program uh, where you have maybe unforeseen risk and you have major hiccups in programs or, or delays. So uh, the idea came from, from different angles. On one side, to have really 
robust programs and a very good on-time delivery performance. Um, on the other side, to have options already available, um, which are with highest pro uh, probability maybe maybe chosen, uh, and and so therefore bring down cost and lead time. Um, I would say. Ten years ago, we, we acted in a different way. Uh, mm -hmm. We were more or less asking the customers where they would like to have the PC power or USB um, socket, and then we just engineered for it. And it was very often a, a one-off. Mm -hmm. And uh, in our new product development, we have changed it around. We are doing focus groups up front before we develop I would say the basic structure and the basic fundamentals of the seed and then we define the most common places where customers might want to have it we put it into our certification and our development program and then in more than 80% of the cases we have it already available uh, and this helps really to further further improve um, the uh, competitiveness of the of the products and the availability mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, and, and what are the trends that you're seeing that airlines are looking for in their customization, particularly on the um, on the shorter haul side of things, which is obviously where your your BL seats are mainly mainly aimed? Um, are they are they wanting power? Are they wanting something else? Are they wanting USB? Are they wanting USB uh, USB C type three? Is that what they're mm -hmm, what mm -hmm. they're aiming for? Um, Regarding regarding options, we see a clear trend towards uh, USB high high power USB. Mm -hmm. This is uh, clearly the trend. Huh? Some airlines still thinking about if they should add power or not. Uh, but I guess uh, from my point of view, it's a matter of time mm -hmm. uh, until uh, they introduce it, and uh, then it's uh, mainly USB and high power USB. Um, besides that, more more generic, maybe uh, what airlines ask for is upgradability of seeds during the life cycle huh? mm -hmm. so that they are not stuck with one seed for the next five years so whenever something comes up maybe that they can start out with a seed without power can add it later on or a seed without uh, bring your own device holder and they can add it later on or without a headrest which is just integrated into the foam and then add it later on if they see they need it or if they deploy the aircraft for different routes. So it's not just delivering a seat at a uh, given uh, time, it's really also to make sure that the seat even after two, three, four years when maybe demands have changed or the routes have changed to adapt it uh, to the needs. Mm -hmm. okay. And what's the thing that you're working on at car at the moment which fills you with the most excitement? The the future. I'm not, I'm not sure if I know all the things we are working on. <laughs> Let's see. What's in the crossing your desk? I mean, I'm sure that the the, 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 the folks down in your innovations mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. section in particular are working all sorts of crazy things. And in mm -hmm. fact, I've um, been shown some of them today under the strictest of confidence with, mm -hmm. uh, with not being able to, to, to share those openly yet. Um, but what are the things that have crossed your desk that you think actually this is going to be one of those things that, that the airlines are going to love and the passengers are going to love? Mm -hmm. Um, not in detail, but very generic, I, I would say uh, the, the topic of uh, digitalization of the seed, to make the seed more intelligent, uh, and especially also in the economy class, not just in the business where it's m more clear that it's there or it will come, 
uh, that you can control your seed via an app, but also thinking about economy class, especially talking about the airline and and for us to better, even better develop products according to the needs. I think this will definitely help if we can collect the data, how our seats are used by the passengers and uh, if the airline could use also the information to see in which uh, state the seat is. Huh? Is it upright or in recline or table deployed or not? Um, things like this, this will definitely help. Huh? Nowadays we are developing seats and for sure there is a lot of assumption included how often the armrest will, armrest will be lifted or not. Um, in the end, uh, neither the airline nor us don't know if if it's used to the extent it was developed. And this could help us to, on one side, figure out the, the real demands, on the other side to exactly develop uh, the products to the to the requirements and to further reduce the weight. Huh? But I think there is still a long way to go to collect the data, to interpret, uh, interpretate, inter to do the right interpretation of the data, and and then to draw the right conclusions. Uh, but in terms of a major trend, and uh, comparing it also to to other industries, I think this will be will be a game changer in the long run. Huh? More for the for the airline and for the seat manufacturer on the economy class. In the business class, there is even more benefit than for the for the passenger uh, to to really control the seat via an app and uh, and and stuff like this. Mm -hmm. It was certainly an interesting trip to Recaro in Schwäbisch Hall. And speaking of the interface between seats, in-flight entertainment, passenger devices, and more, I'll be at the Apex, IFSA, and Aircraft Interiors Americas Expos in Boston from 22 to 29 September. Please do let me know if you're planning to attend. I love meeting listeners, and I certainly hope you enjoyed this episode of In Conversation. We are always keen to find out what you think. Please feel free to email me at john at runwaygillnetwork.com with any suggestions. Thanks for this episode's guest, Mark Keller from Recaro, on Twitter at Recaro, R-E-C-A-R-O underscore D-E. As ever, you can find me on Twitter at that John and everything from RGN on Twitter at Runway Girl, and of course at RunwayGirlNetwork.com. If you're enjoying these conversations, please leave a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts, and thanks for listening.